This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, I'm Stephen Krasowski, Communications Manager at RMA. Today, I'm joined by Paul Calamaris, Chief Risk Officer, Investors Bank, to discuss how his bank has used KRIs and KPIs to meet the needs of its customers during the pandemic. Paul, thanks for joining us. Stephen, really, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to join you as well. Thank you for inviting me. So, Paul, what are some lessons learned during this unprecedented time where traditional metrics did not reflect the reality of your situation? Well, Stephen, as the bank responded to the pandemic early in, in 2019, there were, there were three major areas that became our focus, our people, liquidity, and our credit portfolios. And so we, you know, notwithstanding our traditional credit metrics and liquidity KRI, this was an unprecedented uh, event. And we knew that we needed to take action before the impact of the pandemic would be seen in our metrics. But we did leverage our KRI methodology to establish some new reporting uh, that really enabled us to manage the business during the time. Like, like many companies, our business resiliency plans in response to pandemics included exercises isolating specific facilities, and executing remote work plans. But our response was really less about reaction to predictive KRI than leveraging uh, extensive internal communication and leadership execution to respond to the challenge. You know, from a measurement perspective, as we moved our teams remote, the risk focus required enhancing monitoring and oversight by our information security and IT teams because of the surge in activity associated with these huge increases in VPN and the remote system access. And we really were worried about uh, the increased potential of cyber attacks and fraud, both uh, relate to our employees, but mostly due to our customers or associated with our customers. So we have an established offshore managed services program for some of our risk activities. And as those teams were forced to move to remote work, again, additional InfoSec oversight activity was implemented uh, for, those, uh, for those employees because those teams left the secure facilities and they also work from home. So one of the, I think, most effective strategies that we deployed, which really didn't have anything to do with uh, the, the KPIs or KRIs, were the, were the daily standups. Our executive and senior management team met literally on a daily basis, uh, enhanced our communication, and we made immediate decisions to address any issues as they, uh, they arose. Great. Paul, did you need to create new KRIs during the crisis, and are those still in place? Yes. You know, we did build some new reporting specific to this event. We established daily KRI and tracking to support internal reporting to our management and to our regulators associated with changes made in our deposit loan fees, our digital channel limits, client call center volumes, performance in our call center, uh, retail and commercial requests for payment relief and loan deferrals. Uh, we tracked COVID-19 impact on key personnel, uh, non-routine impacts to branch operations due to either an actual COVID event or a suspected COVID infection. So we tracked some new things associated with, with COVID during that time frame. In addition, uh, we implemented really close tracking of employees who work from the office. We had a number of employees continue to need to come in and because of critical activities that could not be performed remotely. 
And we performed contract tra tracing uh, for those employees who also rotated between work and home. Our branch offices, although we closed our lobbies for, for a period of time, they did remain open to customers through the drive up and by appointment. So again, contra contact tracing documentation was established to ensure we could respond to any real or suspected exposures, be either our clients or team members. And then of course, overnight, uh, utilization of digital banking channels surged. And so that just required additional monitoring of client access and activity. So our liquidity KRI, which was something we focused on immediately, were already pretty strong. And we have and continue to have substantial liquidity available to us from the Federal Home Loan Bank. But given the uncertainties regarding the impact of the pandemic on our current depositors at that time, we decided to preemptively offset any potential decline in deposits from customers. And so we increased our KRI limits on an interim basis to allow us to expand the use of brokered and wholesale deposits, which wouldn't have an impact on our, on our collateralized borrowings. And then we proceeded to drive historically high levels of cash on the balance sheet, which we tracked every day, to prepare for any potential outflow event. And you know, looking in hindsight, we know that actual market events instead drove liquidity higher as customers and our business slowed spending and the stimulus payments sort of piled up in the accounts. People deferred loans and PPP program brought additional liquidity into the bank. So it wasn't that we ultimately needed that liquidity, but we needed to monitor and change our, our, our KRI in order to allow us to do that. Probably the most critical area was uh, our, our limits associated with our credit risk management process. That team, led by Marge Landing, our chief credit officer, implemented a significant number of new risk rating methodologies and workflows. Uh, as we executed uh, a new uh, process of uh, implementing loan deferrals under the CARES Act. And so this new set of metrics was done in partnership with our first line lending teams, led by Rick Spangler, a senior lending officer. And this allowed us to really see uh, the status of our portfolios on a daily basis. And we use this uh, data in weekly credit risk oversight meetings, which included all three lines of defense, essentially all of our relationship management team, our third line, all of our credit risk people, all of our executives and senior management were on these meetings. And we also leveraged this reporting uh, weekly to our regulators on the condition of our portfolios to provide them with insight and transparency to not just the condition of our portfolios, but how we were actually managing that book of business. Great. Have you changed your metrics on a permanent basis now that we have experienced a life-altering event, or should we rely on past proven metrics to move forward? I think that some of the newer metrics we implemented have some value moving forward. I mean, one of the challenges of uh, that I see in our KRIs is, is whether they're really predictive of something like this. I mean, a lot of the impact of something like a pandemic occurred quickly, but there was nothing in our, in our, in our KRIs that would indicate such an event should be uh, addressed before it actually happened. But we are implementing an expanded risk control to mapping process and establishment of KRI to support all of those first line controls. And a number of these new KRI, we think could be leveraged to track and provide some predictive value to the bank. We do today leverage significant metrics in our treasury and credit risk management areas. But as we saw, these didn't have a significant uh, sort of forward value uh, during the pandemic. 
from an overall risk perspective, I think it, it was more proactive management reaction to the threats to the business of the pandemic, uh, expanded liquidity, our portfolio management, and then help support all of our teams that were critical to the management of our business over the last year and a half. So, Paul, how did your second and third line of defense support business process changes that were being made at an accelerated pace uh, due to the pandemic? We already talked about the implementation of second line monitoring and oversight of credit risk management and information security. We had additional second line support, though, from our compliance team, providing a focus around consumer metrics with respect to the uh, the, the care as we've already discussed. During the pandemic, thousands of companies experienced, for example, the solar wind cyber event. And while we were thankfully not impacted directly, our third party risk teams led the investigation of the impact of this attack on all of our critical and high risk third party vendors. Our BSA and fraud teams implemented enhanced activity monitoring. And I already talked about our offshore operations, but to make sure that we maintain both quality and productivity standards around both our on and offshore teams. Our loan review team, our third line loan review team validated uh, compliance with our new pandemic risk rating methodology and our internal audit teams enhanced their oversight of all of our key areas, including the maintenance of our SOX control environment and their participation in, in key management and all of our committee meetings. I would also want to include the first line teams uh, who took on significant responsibilities during this pandemic, including helping build and execute our PPP lending program. Uh, we had not been in the SBA business at all before the pandemic and we built uh, the entire process over a short period of time to be able to issue this sort of credit to help our customers. And uh, there was significant enhancement in the daily management of our consumer and commercial portfolios especially in those cases where those relationships received uh, payment deferrals. And so I think really across all three lines of defense, the entire bank stepped up and focused on supporting the company during the pandemic response. So Paul, how are you supporting the rapid implementation of digital and online products and services from a risk management standpoint to ensure that products and services are being delivered in a safe and secure manner but while also recognizing the need for expediency. Now, there's no question that we have experienced and we expect to continue to experience rapid changes in our products across the board, including digital. We have established a change management process in the company that incorporates not only new products, but changes to existing products, services, and also processes that could have a customer impact, particularly on our consumer customers. Now, this process really helps ensure that an initiative can be assessed in all the areas of the bank, not just in risk, but there are members of all the business units represented in, in this process. And um, they are, are engaged in, in understanding the impact that this initiative could have in their areas as well. So we look at both internal and external impact and appropriate testing, both pre and post implementation, including legal review. So uh, these in, uh, initiatives are reviewed as submitted rather than at prescribed intervals. Uh, a monthly meeting, for example, would just not be sufficient given the pace. So as these initiatives uh, are submitted, these proposed changes do not have to wait. Uh, and we immediately uh, address the need to put that initiative through a change management process. And then we move quickly to support the business 
in implementing that change. Paul, what areas of risk still exist in your portfolios, more specifically uh, credit portfolios? Well, you know, the credit impact of COVID-19 was to a great extent, it was muted by the ability to support clients with payment deferrals. I think in some cases, uh, I, I know that that there are some credits that in some bank portfolios might actually have been deferred that, that um, ultimately will not be able to resume uh, payments. In our case, our level of deferments has come down significantly with all but a few deferred payments uh, paying full interest. So our portfolio has healed substantially in the last three to six months. But as the few remaining clients move to full payment status, the risk still exists that some might not be able to service this debt. And so we're monitoring all deferred credits with updated information uh, to leverage this process and to identify those clients most at risk. I mean, the credit cycle is not behind us. It's been pushed out a little bit. And we do expect that some of our clients, deferred or not, will represent elevated risk. Uh, I think from a segmentation perspective, and thankfully our exposures are not very large in these areas, but we continue to monitor very carefully hospitality, office uh, and retail, especially in the Manhattan markets. Uh, we're optimistic though, that we understand our risks and that we're fairly well positioned to manage it over the next six to 12 months. One re-emerging risk that we are seeing in the last few weeks is the increased uh, incidence of COVID-19 among unvaccinated Americans and even uh, across the world. And so we're monitoring these metrics as well as the reaction of public officials to this uptick. I think any any significant move to shut down businesses again will obviously put us uh, in, 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 a, in a situation where our credit risk will increase again. And so we're hopeful that this uh, recent uptick turns out to be just a blip and that we can continue to resume normal activities in our country. So, Paul, to wrap up, how is your bank finding the balance between those who want to look past the pandemic and go back to business as usual? While at the same time, there is a feeling that there is risk still not yet identified. Well, we as a bank are still in a hybrid work environment for our corporate staff. Our retail and commercial teams have been back to business for a number of months. And we have been seeing continued strong loan and deposit growth opportunities. So we believe that the opportunity still exists to grow our bank. To a great extent, we're in a business as usual mode from the perspective of our consumer and commercial loan and deposit businesses. There's certainly risk in the market, but we have the opportunity today to underwrite inclusive of the impact of the pandemic. So we have good insight into the performance of these potential credits in the current environment. Uh, the emerging risk that we're seeing today is the impact to inflation and interest rates of current and proposed federal spending uh, the deficits and the potential for the current wave of increased COVID infection in some parts of the country. We're also concerned about increase in taxes. A number of our real estate clients are seeing increases in property taxes associated with tax increases in some of the jurisdictions. And that clearly could have, that could have a bigger impact longer term than, than COVID has. But overall, we are very comfortable with growing our business in the current uh, environment. Paul, great discussion. Thank you again for joining us today. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, and thank you very much for having me.